Marco. Paul. Marco. So uh, I've come to the 21st century, and by the 21st century, as our friend Daniel Begno said, welcome to the 21st century for old people, Marco Polo. Marco Polo. It's such a great app. Plug, free plug for the Marco Polo app, folks. Um, You're not using it. Okay. What? It just sounds like you're not all that loud. You've got the mic right there, right? Right. I don't know. Am I plugged in all the way? Yeah, I think so. Or I mean, I, <laughs> just, I don't. I don't think that would really make a difference. I don't know. Is there a way to adjust just one side or the other? Just one mic or the other? Check one two. Check one two. I don't know. You're coming in. You're the audio guru. Mm. All I do is show up and hold the mic. And spit fire, <laughs> straight up, straight up. You're the you're the how I'm the wow in this little marriage. <laughs> I'm uncomfortable with the fact that you just <laughs> called it a marriage. So let's just start the podcast. Audio audio problems and all. What was the cold open this week? Duh. Jared and Rusty stumble around with microphones trying to figure out how to make it work. All this and more this week on one hour a week. Jared calls it a marriage, and Rusty gets immediately uncomfortable. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome to the One Hour a Week podcast, a 30-minute podcast about life and ministry and all of that good stuff. I am Rusty Mott, here with my good friend, Brother Jared Hallyer. Hey, everybody. Brother Jared, how you doing today? Fan-flippantastic. That's great, man. So, picture day. Big day at the oh, Hallyer Oh, gosh. It, you're going to find this when your kids get old enough to, to have school stuff. and I, it, Parents in the audience, back me up, please. Our kids pick holidays, school picture day, like when when there's obviously a special occasion or something special going on, that's when they are on their worst behavior. I feel like every time we have a birthday party for them, they're awful. So yeah, school picture day, it was a rough morning. Some terrible kids you got there, they Mr. Didn't, Hallier. They didn't want us to brush their hair. They didn't want to get dressed. They didn't like the clothes Elizabeth had ironed and laid out for them. It's like they know, something in their subconscious knows that it's a special day. So they're going to be extra brat-tastic. And well, I hope did. that those pictures turn out good. So, Nate told me. He said, I'm not smiling. I said, I don't care. Just <laughs> put on the smiling. Just put on what the a, shirt. What a great child threat. And like, You his, know what, Dad? I ain't smiling in my picture. Boom. Like, at that point, I didn't care. Just put on the shirt. He didn't want to wear the shirt because it had a collar on it. That was his big oh. thing. And then he did the air quotes. He said, I just don't want to look fancy. I said, it's a shirt with a collar. I'm it's so not fancy. So rough day glad to be here and away from kids yeah. for a little while well now you walked in and you got me and matt running around so uh, i'm it's not sure yeah. back at it not sure which is worse speaking of school pictures i've got uh some of my kids here yep. let me just show those off she's adorable adorable but then look at the awkward school photo <laughs> over to the left <laughs> my, no? my almost two-year-old margie's kind of got like this Ooh. like a crooked smile all of these people are trying to get me to smile and it's uncomfortable that's the face of uh somebody going oh boy <laughs> yeah, it really is She's going to love that when she's about 16. <laughs> That's what I told Nate this morning. I said, I said you're going to look back on this picture when you're older and be like, why did I look so cranky? And we're going to say, because you're a brat. That's why. And oh, it was a you, rough morning. You're like, I'm going to order so, so many, many of these pictures. This is going in your graduation this is, invitation. This is an entire week of my paycheck, and I'm just going to order it and be glad. When you get married, this is going to be on the <laughs> invitation for your wedding. This picture. Just stuffed in like a graduation invitation. Forever. Every person who gets it is getting a copy. <laughs> Forever. 
Well, that's not what we're talking about today. That would Kids be a fun, fun episode. Kids are fun. That would be uh, just parenting. Kids, am I right? <laughs> that's what the episode's called. No, <laughs> today, in fact, uh, it can be something that for ministry leaders, whether you're a youth minister, children's minister, uh, Sunday school teacher, or a pastor. Something we all love, which is why we do what we do, but at the same time, if we're honest, something that can be a source of frustration and difficulty in the pastor's life. So maybe the episode can be called Sermons, am I right? (laughs) Maybe so. So we've talked about preaching before and have probably a couple episodes. We had Dr. Scott Moody, which was fantastic, talking about expository preaching. We talked about like our versions of sermon prep, which was pretty funny that we just talked about ours and then had a an expert come and talk yeah. about how to prepare sermons. And we're like, yeah, we do that too sometimes. But <laughs> um, I'm glad we did ours first. Let me just, maybe that's probably a good thing. Yeah, it probably, of, we probably would have changed our conversation. Yeah. Like we would have been less honest if we had had Dr. Moody on the first. The episode after Dr. Moody, we're like, well, uh, I'm really worried about sermon alignment, you know, and uh, I've I, even told him that, that he he's wrecked me a couple times unintentionally because he's like the nicest guy and a great friend and he wants, he, he just lovingly pours into people. It's awesome. But uh, still, you just can't help that when you talk about some of those things, you think through your last two or three sermons and you're like, oh boy, yeah. I'm making the face that Margie is in the oh, picture. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, anyways, we're going to talk though today about a different aspect of preaching and that is sermon planning, something that I think we would all do well to kind of think about, talk about how do we plan sermons? Where do we know where we're going? I know that one of the things we've always talked about in our pastors meetings when we get together is one of the common questions we ask is what are you preaching yeah, what are you Sunday preaching? Yeah, or what are you going through right now yeah. so with that said we want to talk about how we arrive at and how we get there on the journey but let's ask that question first Jared what are you preaching right now uh right now my the the series that I'm in on Wednesday nights cuz I've got five Wednesday nights so, so I share preaching responsibilities with brother Paul our senior pastor and we at 50-50 we split the pulpit time. Sunday mornings we rotate, and then whoever has Sunday mornings also takes Wednesday night, and the other person takes Sunday night, and we alternate weeks. Y'all ever preach simultaneously? Just at the same time, like (laughs) dueling preachers? Yeah. (laughs) Like generational translations, like some people wear earpieces, and there's like a millennial in the back. (laughs) What Jared's joke means is... (laughs) Uh, And so so right now, because of our church calendar, I've got five Wednesday nights in a row, and I'm doing a series on the Ten Commandments. So uh, not doing two a week. I did number one, and then two and three, and then down the road I'm going to do three in one week. But So I'm preaching through the Ten Commandments okay. on Wednesday nights. And then together on Sunday mornings we're, we're bouncing back and forth and doing a series on worry. So he just did two on First uh, Peter, Cast All Your Cares on the Lord. He did a two-parter on that. And then this Sunday I'm going to go to uh, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about not worrying about what you're going to wear or, or what you're going to eat, but seeking first the kingdom of God. And he'll provide. So we're doing a, a Sunday morning series on on worry. What about you? What do you? What series are you in right now? We are doing two series. We're doing a Wednesday night and a Sunday morning thing. Uh, we do Sunday night Bible study as well, but I, I've kind of labeled that more as a conversation. I do a lot of teaching, but it's more of a conversation, so I won't go there right now. But what we're doing on Sunday mornings is walking through Philippians, and we're very close to the end. So I've already got anxiety about where we're going next. next? So I'm hoping to find some direction from this podcast. (laughs) Uh, But on Wednesday nights, I just started a pretty big undertaking that I called Kings and Kingdoms. And automatically, as a Southern Baptist, what do you think of when I use the phrase Kings and Kingdoms? Kings and Kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about that name. So there you go. 
Uh, and that was everybody, good. That was you know good. That, do, you, do you just sing every Wednesday mm, night? Is that what you do? Every that's what I do. I get up face. there and do just that line. What's What's so difficult about this series is that I'm trying to come up with 50 different versions <laughs> of the song. There's something about that name. Last night was reggae night. It yeah. got a little awkward uh, because I don't know if you know this. I don't have dreads and I don't do reggae well. Yeah. So as many styles as I do well, particularly Latin hip hop, <laughs> reggae is not my strong not, suit. Yeah. So anyways, uh, wow. Shocker. Edit. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> I'm just going to isolate that and use just it as that. like a drop at yeah. random times. <laughs> Uh, so, um, but what we were doing, Kings and Kingdoms, I started in First Samuel, and I really kind of want to roll through First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Yeah. I just think it'd be kind of be fun and try to make connections. Of course, that's proved a little difficult because, as you probably could confess, of course, it helps for y'all to have the split like you yeah. do. But uh, when you were doing carrying the entire load in seasons, you yeah. have carried the entire load. That Wednesday night message sometimes gets the short end of the stick on uh, prep yeah. time. Yet it's actually something that requires a little more historical yeah, narrative that, background work. So oddly enough, it, it's it's been a little bit of a weighty thing. But God's blessed it, and we've enjoyed it. So I'm doing series on both of those. I don't always do series, but I am right now. About how often do you do that? Let me ask that question. How often do you do series, and how often do you just kind of go week to week? I try to avoid going week to week just because... The, the kind of the stress that comes with it. So I, I like to plan ahead. I think the only time I go week to week is when there's something that I'm reacting to. Um, some cultural event, you know, I, I think the last time I did that was um, when there was those riots in, in Charleston, right? The kind yeah. of the, the statues and the racism and the people were killed overnight. And uh, that happened on a Friday night into Saturday morning. And I had something else planned. Uh, no, in fact, it was Brother Paul's turn to preach. And we I don't remember what series we were doing, but I called him up. I texted him, in fact, early Sunday morning and said, hey, we need to address this. I've got a sermon ready to go. And so um, other than that, other than kind of responding to some cultural event or something in our church that needs to be addressed, we're, we're pretty much all the time in at least a three to four part, three to four week series. And that's just for planning purposes. I, I don't like not knowing, but also just the continuity is is obviously beneficial for the congregation they know what to expect and it just builds week to week and gives them kind of a broader fuller understanding what about you do you or do you go through seasons where you go week to week i I like to do series but i do have occasional seasons where i enjoy going week to week because like for example i've been doing philippians and for the record i kind of will bust up my series and um so i did the gospel of john and it took about a year and a half Mm -hmm. So I kind of would take a break for a month and yeah. do a series kind of in the middle of that. So I'd do a series on the family, and then when I got done, we'd go back to the Gospel of John. Um, but when you do something like that, I love that structure, but there's kind of that uh, ability, like we talked about last week, busting up the liturgy, yeah. you know, uh, where you kind of are going and going and going. Sometimes it's nice to have two or three weeks to man, what's on your heart this week? Yeah. What have you been reading? What have you been thinking about? What's God kind of telling you about the future of your church? Like, So I enjoy that sometimes, but usually after about three or four weeks of that, I get weary of Monday morning saying, what am I going to preach Sunday? And I'm anxious to find myself a book. But I, I want to ask you about this. I've got some friends who would say that almost from, a, from an ecclesiological point of view and really Whoa. even just where we're at, like what we believe about the church. What a word. That 
if we're not preaching verse by verse, mm-hmm. book by book through the Bible, then what they would suggest is that we're just simply preaching what we want to preach instead of preaching the whole counsel of Scripture. Um, I, I've got some thoughts about that, but I might would let you go first on that, and then I'll share my thoughts. Okay, so ask the, ask the question again so I know what to answer. Essentially, essentially, they're saying that if you're not preaching verse by verse, book by book, then you're not being faithful in preaching the whole counsel of Scripture. You're just relying on whatever whims are going on in your life to want to preach instead of preaching the whole counsel of Scripture. And that's, that's stuff I've heard. I'm not going to use names, whether it be friends of ours or or kind of movements, with, especially within the Reformed movement. So I'll give you some guesses, but you'll probably figure that out. <laughs> but uh, who suggests that's really the only way for you to be able to do it uh, and know that you're actually preaching the Word and not just preaching what you're feeling and thinking at the time. So how would you respond to that? I would say that, that sounds like a great personal conviction for you, but I don't think that's applicable to everybody. If, that's, if, you're, if you're a faithful preacher, and I'll just assume that this person, imaginary hypothetical person is, um, it's a group of people. I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that sounds that sounds like one of those things that can be descriptive, but shouldn't be prescriptive. Yeah, uh, I do think that we need to take seriously um, context. Obviously, if you're proof text, and we're not going to get into that today, you need to be careful that you're preaching a, a large enough pericope of scripture. Oh, drop it, Scott Moody. Hashtag Doctor Moody. Yeah, he taught us that word. Um, a large enough chunk of text that you're being faithful to Scripture, but I don't think that's the only way to do it. So I guess what you're asking is, are topical series less faithful to Scripture than... I mean, I was going to ask you, because the series you mentioned that you're preaching through are Samuel, Kings, John, Philippians. So when you do a series, how often do you do a, a topical series? But to answer your question, and before we go that direction, that sounds like a personal preference and a yeah. personal conviction. Um, I mean, you look in Acts, and the sermons that we have in Acts are, you know, Paul and Peter, they're pulling from different places. one or two verses from here and one or two verses from this prophet and one or two verses from this prophet. And remember, Jesus told us this and weave in different scriptures together. So, Well, there will be several listeners of this podcast who come from the tribe that I speak of. Mm-hmm. And the reality that I always suggest, the first question I always ask is, well, okay, so you're saying when you started as a pastor or started at that church, you started in Genesis and started working your way verse by... Otherwise, you are making decisions to yeah. go to choose which book you go to. Yeah. Where do you start if that's your conviction? Because wherever you start kind of tips your hand about what you think and where you want to go and what you want to teach in this right. season. So, um, and again, uh, showing grace to all sides, they would show, they would probably listen, the listeners who do that and feel that way would agree with us, and we also agree with them. So yeah. I, th- I think it's wise to say what you said about. Uh, personal convictions and descriptive, not prescriptive. And the reason sometimes I'll, you know, for example, when I texted Brother Paul and said, hey, we need to address this, I just think it's tone deaf from the pulpit if if everybody's having a conversation about A, and then you stand up in the pulpit and don't even acknowledge it and say, hey, we're going to... So, you know, for example, that morning, as people were coming to church, everybody was talking about the riots in Charleston because it, it was on every news channel, it was on every newspaper, everybody was talking about it. If we had showed up Sunday morning, got in the pulpit and said, hey, this morning we're talking about Jonah chapter three, and just ne- it just seems tone deaf. Yeah. And I think part of our responsibility as preachers is to equip our people to deal with what the conversation and culture is. We need to give them some biblical principles, some biblical guidance on how do we respond, how do we have these conversations with our friends and neighbors. And if this is what everybody's talking about, we need to take the opportunity to equip them. And so, you know, if you do a series on John 
and your church is in a financial crisis and budget crisis and people aren't giving and everybody's worried about the church's money, that's a great opportunity to have a, a biblical series on you know, finances and tithing and generosity and God's provision. Like, Use the opportunity to build a series around what your church is dealing with. Otherwise, uh, you're not equipping your people, and I, I think you look naive. I think you look tone deaf yeah. from the pulpit. Well, we're obviously not working from a timeline or an outline for today's episode. We're just doing conversations, but that's a point that I kind of want to put a marker down and establish. Sermon planning is really good, but you don't want to be tone deaf. You yeah. want to... Uh, having a plan is great, but you want to be able to call an audible uh, yeah. when the Lord provides opportunity for that and direction for that. So certainly something to do. You asked me a few minutes ago, and I don't think I ever answered you, do I always just go through a text or yeah, do I ever do topical series? And I would say the vast majority of the time I'm going through a text. I'm going through a book of the Bible or through a, the Sermon on the Mount, a mm-hmm. great section of text. I don't do that because I think that's the only way. It's just the way that has worked for me primarily. I do probably, let's say, if I probably preach series 80% of the time on Sunday mornings. And of those series, probably 90% of those series are through books of the Bible. But occasionally, like I did a series last year called Life Hacks, that was just about, you know, and I did one on giving, one on eating healthy because I'm a leading expert on that. Uh, <laughs> what, you know, just kind of things yeah. about biblical God's wisdom on various topics in life. Um, and I did a series last year on the family as well that kind of used different scriptures and went around to different things. At Christmas, you did a, the songs in Songs Luke. of the season, uh, which was an idea that the Lord gave me and that I just, re- no, I'm kidding. Uh, it was your <laughs> your sermon series, which is also cool about that. And that's that's what's great. Let's, let's go there. So when you're talking about needing ideas and needing direction, especially in those special seasons that come up, Easter and Christmas, some pastors are like, man, I love those times, but I get stressed out because people have heard just about all the Easter and Christmas sermons that there are to preach. Brother Paul intentionally does not preach Christmas sermons on Christmas so at the Christmas service, whatever the Sunday closest. Yeah, and he doesn't preach the resurrection at Easter. He'll preach an evangelistic message at those. This is Brother Paul, my senior pastor. Um, and I asked him when I first got there. I said, well, "What?" Because he told me what he was preaching on Easter. And it wasn't a resurrection sermon. I said, why, why are you not, folks? And his reason for that is there are people who only come on Easter and Christmas. And if you only come on Easter and Christmas for 10 years, the only message you've ever heard is a Christmas message and an Easter message. Yeah. So he takes the opportunity for those CEOs, as we call them, yeah. um, for, for those people to hear. A di- so he'll tie it in but he'll go to a different portion of scripture to preach. An, an, so he won't preach the resurrection story on Easter. He'll preach the resurrection, but do it from a different text and a different passage. Yeah. So again, just being intentional about, about who's so going to be there. So when it comes to special events and those, what, what really are Christian holidays that we feel the need to address and stop those, there's two different schools of thought. Some people, especially if you're going verse by verse, you just continue what you're doing yeah. and you don't change anything. I think that's appropriate sometimes, just like Brother Paul is suggesting here. I've tried to to do some creative things to bring out the Christmas message. Like last year, um, not Songs of the Seasons, but before that I did the, um, I can't even remember what I called it, but I went through the parables. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I know what I called it. The greatest stories oh. ever told instead of the greatest story. See what I did there? So we went through the parables. So that was kind of different and unique. 
But so talking about sermon planning, just so this might be helpful to you if you're listening and, and trying to glean uh, helpful information. One thing, just like Jared, I stole his sermon series. It obviously was a very different series when it got down to it. Like we talked about the messages, different types of messages, yet at the same time, the same heart of it and the, the inspiration came from your series. Yeah. And I was talking to Wes Smith, the pastor at Mount Olivet, Mount Olivet Baptist Church in Fred, Texas. And he had a really cool series this year called something about Emmanuel. So I'm sorry I didn't remember the cool name, but might just be Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. But he went like through the Old Testament to the Christmas story to talk about how God's presence has been with his people from the beginning of time and and how it's still here today and how it manifests itself. And I was like, man, that's great. I'm going to do that next year, right? So when it comes to some of those special events, maybe just talking with friends and having friends in ministry that you can say, man, what do you, what do, you do this year? What did you do that year? How do you play this? And obviously we want the Holy Spirit to lead and kind of be the, the main uh, direction of our sermon building and all of that, but it does help to have friends who God is also gifted to do it and to uh, work as a team to kind of get some of those ideas. Two things I'll mention too. Sometimes just, you know, because of the, the setup we have at Pecan Acres, this series that I'm in right now is a great example. Sometimes just the calendar, I'll just look at the calendar and, and go, okay, how long do I have? How many parts do I need to build a series? And I'll use that to kind of guide what I'm doing. So you know, I'm if I've got Eight, just eight weeks, and then we're going to do this big church thing. I'm not going to try and tackle, you know, I'm going to preach through the gospel of Matthew. I've only got eight weeks to do it before we've got this big break. So I knew that I had five Wednesday nights coming up. I needed a five-part, or I wanted to do a five-part series. So I just I just started thumbing through Scripture and going, okay, what can I do in five weeks that would kind of be a nice, and I landed at the Ten Commandments. And originally my idea was to do two a week, but then yeah. when I started writing it, it didn't fall that way. Um but I know that might seem less spiritual and more pragmatic, uh, but I'm still preaching the scripture, so I don't I don't feel bad no, about I it don't at think all. You should. Um, I forgot what the second thing I was going to say was going to be. I'll jump in, and <laughs> yeah. when you get number two, go ahead. Back. I want to address something that for those who do preach verse by verse through large sections of scripture, um, one of the great dangers we've talked about this before is preaching to people who aren't in your pews. Yeah. And your pastor friend may be really impressed that you've been preaching through the book of Acts for four years. But the the reality is, if you polled your group of folks in your congregation, the vast majority probably are like, man, can we do something else? Yeah, I'm done with Acts. And uh, Brother David Nugent, the pastor at Hillcrest in Jasper, tells a story regularly about when he was pastoring in Louisiana that a neighboring congregation member came to him and said, can you talk to our pastor? And their pastor had his Ph.D. and had written his dissertation on Paul's missionary journeys and was like in year four or five of oh. going through Paul's missionary journeys. And, you know, I'm sure that guy thought he was nailing it and killing it. I bet at the pastor meetings he was like, well, we are in year six of our in-depth look at Paul and thought he was awesome. But his congregation was going to other pastors and saying, help. Yeah. Right. So. Here's something that I've tried to do, and you can take this or leave it or say that was the dumbest advice you've ever given, Rusty, but I try to intentionally brand and market my long sermon in four- to six-week segments. So we walked through the entire Gospel of John, yet within the Gospel of John, there were a bunch of different sermon series in that. Yeah. So I think of one particular, uh, the what are they, the Olivet Discourse, right, mm -hmm. that chapters 13 through 17, 
in John, I called it famous last words. It's the last conversation Jesus has before the cross. So I mean literally like, hey, starting next week, guys, we're a new series called Famous Last Words, the last conversation Jesus had with his disciples. It's going to be so good. I want you to come and hang. You know, and the cool thing about that is, is, of course, if your people have been there every week, they know, oh, we're still in John. Yet even for them, there's that mental shift that we're doing something new. Yeah. There's something different here. So even the way you present it. So I try to be cautious when I can to to not take pride in something that actually is a whoop into your people. <laughs> because I caught myself doing that with John. And, and so, yeah, I need to, to clarify. I had that idea when I got to John 13 because I realized my people were whooped. Yeah. And I was getting up and I was like, well, we're here. And I realized, wow, today we've been in John for a year. Yeah. And to me, that was a source of pride. But I could tell my people were like, Whoa. Yeah, it just sounds. Oh, we've done nothing but John yeah. for a year. So, so that's when I realized the light bulb went off. So, if you if you do that, man, that's a great thing to do. I'm not against that. And just like Jared pointed out, that's kind of what I tend to do. I go through big chunks of scripture, but brand that, market that differently in such a way that that it still seems fresh to your people. Um, otherwise, you might lose them. I remember the second thing I was going to say. Uh, also, I try to alternate, if not every series, at least every other series um, between Old and New Testament. I, I know as New Testament Christians, we, we prefer to preach the New Testament. It's easier. We've heard more sermons. We've read more books. We've studied more in the New Testament. But the whole counsel of God is inspired. Every scripture is breathed by God and useful. And so I'm real intentional about bouncing back and forth between Old Testament and New. I, you probably are too. I mean, like I said, again, earlier you mentioned Philippians and John and Kings and Samuel. And so let's let's try to be careful. Like, let's not do, hey, you know what? I'm going to do four years through Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. We need to be preaching the whole counsel of God. So tell me about your Song of Songs series. Well, it's uh, for adults only. We, <laughs> right. I lean heavily on it in our premarital counseling. I'm like, hey, guys, you oh, want some ideas? Oh, wow. Turn uh, in your Bibles. Yeah, I like how Mark Driscoll just decided that was like a sex playbook. Like, it's kind of weird when guys have done that. And I say guys, even just Bible scholars have tried to take it that direction. I, there's there's so much. Uh, uh, yeah, anyways, that's another conversation. Let's do a whole episode on Song of Songs. We'll have our wives back yeah, in the room yeah. for that to keep us in check. <laughs> they can yeah. be like, boys, they no. Can go, whoop, whoop, whoop. That's how, that's how I proposed to Elizabeth. Yeah. I got on one knee and I was like, baby. Your teeth are like sheep. Your your belly is a heap of wheat. <laughs> your hair is like a flock of goats <laughs> descending from Mount Gilead. Okay, so we're kind of wrapping this episode up, obviously, <laughs> now that we're riffing on Song of Songs. Uh, let's do one more thing that we actually talked about at the Sabine Natchez Baptist area pastors meeting last week. Do you plan sermons far out ahead? Do you have like a preaching calendar that you operate off of? Um I'll be honest, if to give you time to gather your thoughts on that, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> that was my favorite moment from last week's episode, by the way. Um, I love the idea of doing that. Like, I genuinely think that would be really cool to map out my sermons for the year. Of course, not to be rigid, but like you addressed earlier, be willing to change if the Lord leads. But I've never been able to do it well. I, I do not get three or four weeks ahead. I, I, even, even that, even when I'm in a series, I think I struggle with planning and mapping that road out. So as much as I would love to say, yeah, I've got 2018 pretty much ready, I do not. So do you, and do you know people do, who do, and what do you think the benefits with that would be? So 
uh, I don't know anybody personally, like off the top of my head, that has a year mapped out. Um, I know a guy that probably would. If I had to guess, I bet David Rice, my pastor at Crossroads, and or he, he's not at Crossroads anymore. He's at a new church in Shreveport, uh, Brookwood, I think. He doesn't listen. I don't think it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, David, you jerk. Well, he's just he's he's I'm pretty kidding. type A. He's very planned, and so if I had to guess, I bet he probably does have yeah. a years. Um, when I start a new series, that's the first thing I do. Is so if I'm preaching through a book, I sit down with a notepad and I read through that book and I kind of sketch an outline of that. So so if I'm preaching through, uh, I'm trying to think the last book that I preached through. I think it was Philipp, uh, no Galatians. I preached through the book of Galatians last year. Um, the first thing I do is I sit down and I read through it and I just kind of make some notes on a notepad and then I go back through my notes in the notepad in the Bible and I break up. So so I may not have it on the calendar but I at least know what the order of the sermons is going to be. But like right now, we're, we're finishing up this thing on worry, so I don't have, I don't know what I'm doing next, but I could tell you what my, my commandment series, before I preached the first one, I knew which commandments I was covering for five weeks. Like I knew I was doing one, two and three, four and five, six, seven, eight, nine and 10. Like I knew, I just yeah. counted to 10. Oh, oh. Uh, ten. You're so good. Ten commandments. <laughs> uh, but yeah, when I start a new series, that's the first so you thing map I do. It out, you map out yeah. just to your series. So, yeah. you so don't, you're not looking at 2018 and saying, I'm going to do this, this, and this this year. No. You really just, you're, you've got the series you're in now, and you're mm-hmm. just kind of, even in the midst of it, praying about what's next. Yeah, and when I decide what I'm doing next, if it's a book or if it's a topical series, if I'll know before I preach the first one, I know how many sermons it's going to be, and I know what each sermon is is going to cover. Well, let me throw this out to our listeners. If you are a sermon planner, if you do a preaching calendar and have a year ahead, uh, shoot a text or a Marco Polo to Jared or I, and we'd love to talk to you about it. Even if it's one of us interviewing you on our phone and being able to drop it into an episode or something like that. So, uh, however we could get together. Cause we, I'd like to talk to somebody about how you actually pull that off. Uh, I don't know, maybe I'd have to go stay in a cabin in the woods for a week or something. I, it's just hard for me to have the time to yeah. pull that off, but I think it would be cool to actually do. And also, Rusty and I don't consider ourselves experts on any of these things we talk about. We're just Speak the two. Speak for yourself, bro. I don't consider myself an expert on any of these things. I like things how you just. <laughs> but uh, but we're just the, we're the ones recording this podcast. Yeah. And so please, uh, again, let's go back to the descriptive and prescriptive. We're not saying the way we do it is the way to do it. Yeah. It's just the way we do it. And so we'd love to hear from our, our brothers in the pulpit who do this week to week. We want to know what you're doing because we might we might make some changes. We might influence each other and sharpen each other, make each other better. So we want to know what you're doing. So reach out to us and let us know. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you want some more awesome wisdom and awesome tips about ministry in a variety of settings, you should come to the Ignite Conference hosted by the Sabine Natchez Baptist area. We'll be talking more about that in the weeks ahead. And there might be a couple of your favorite podcast hosts doing a certain breakout session at that thing. So, yeah. He's talking about us. It's us. We're going to be there. More details to come. In (laughs) fact, perhaps the first one-hour-a-week sponsor ever, maybe, reach out to us, SNBA. For the small price of free, we could pitch your event (laughs) for the next month and a half. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, Check out Jared on Twitter at... Jared Hallier. Follow Rusty. He's at Bro Rusty Mont. And our awesome, awesome audio editor, producer. Is, who is it? 
is this Pato? We've been making that joke for a year it's now. It's so good. It's it so never gets old. Gold. Solid. He makes a sound gold. really, really good. That's all I'm saying. So, hey, on that note. Drop the mic. Shocker. Edit.